Hey everyone, and welcome to the latest edition of the WWID podcast. In today's episode, we get the opportunity to hear from Megan Paulson. Now, Megan is someone who works with me within the youth ministry, and she is bringing a different and interesting perspective to a famous story, which is Jesus feeding the 5,000. So I hope you enjoy today's conversation. Buckle up and let's get ready to dive in and ask the question, what would I do? Hey, what's going on? This is Matt Nyland, and welcome to the latest episode of the WWID podcast. Today is a great day because I have uh, my friend Megan Paulson, who is here. Megan and I work together in the youth ministry that uh, I'm a pastor at, and I've got to know Megan the last, what is it, Megan, one or two years? Is it two? It's been two years. Two years, yeah, which is crazy. And so it's just fun to be able to get to know you a little bit more. And so, Megan, thank you so much for being a part of this podcast. Yeah, I'm super excited. I've just seeing like your heart behind it beforehand and like sharing some of it with me and now getting to be a part of it. Now you get to be a, yeah, now you get to be, uh, get interviewed on it, which is awesome. And so, um, so Megan, before we jump into anything of this podcast, can you just tell me, tell the people, the people want to know, Megan, the people want to know, they, who are you, where are you from? Give us a little bit of your background, uh, so that we can get a quick insight into, uh, just who you are before figuring out why you think the way that you think. Yeah, for sure. So, um, Yes, I'm Megan. Um, I grew up in Wisconsin, but I live in Iowa now. Oh, fun fact, and then so. and now you're in school in Minnesota. Yes, now I'm in school in Minnesota. So the, all the Midwest, all, all of the, the Midwest. Midwest. You're basically the most Midwest person you you can be. Basically, you could, <laughs> <laughs> you could just say that. Yeah, all the Midwest states probably been there. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So I'm in school in Minnesota. Um, a senior. This is my last. Hey, semester. come on. Hey, I don't think it's fully set in yet, though. Oh, honestly, it's the best. I had senior slide my freshman year fair so. <laughs> I, could, I could see that I could see that um yeah but so I'm a senior uh children youth and family ministry hey manager. come on so youth ministry is definitely a passion of mine um I kind of grew up in the church yeah but it was more or less uh, like just the Sunday thing that we did and yes so it wasn't until like high school that it really became uh something that I desired to grow my faith um, that's awesome so um yeah I've been in, in the church most of my life but like I said yes it wasn't until like high school that I really started to kind of dig deep that's cool so you you knew the stories as sunday school stories yeah were you so midwest that it was a flannel graph board and that's absolutely 100 (laughs) percent. yeah everyone (laughs) smiles on flannel graph boards if you know like jesus was dying on a cross and he was smiling on the flannel graph board like that's (laughs) That's how that's how like just crazy it is and so uh so, okay, so you grew up in, born in Wisconsin, grew up in Iowa, now you're in Minnesota, uh, grew up in the church, and so now you're here. What What's the goal for you? Like, what do you feel like you want to do for the rest of your life since you're almost done with college? Yeah, um, that's a great question. I, for the longest time, I have a huge missions heart. Yeah. Uh, missions is definitely on my heart, um, but I don't necessarily see myself um, as like the missionary that like lives in another country sure, for the rest yeah. of my life. And so kind of like the middleman per se between yeah. like the long-term missionary and like the short-term teens that go oh, it would kind of be is that is a huge passion of mine yeah um but i definitely have a heart for youth ministry and can see myself um that's actually kind of where i'm headed after graduation is um, great in youth ministry specifically so come on that's amazing and uh man that's gonna be so good and i already know again i've known you for a couple of years and uh you're already 
way better than I was at your age. So, uh, which I don't know how much that speaks to it, but <laughs> so, um, well, Hey, as, uh, as you were prepping for this podcast, I gave you, you know, less than 24 hours, the standard yeah. time yeah. Um, say, Hey, find, find a story of the Bible that you want to talk about. And so what did you, what'd you pick? What story is one of your favorite stories? Um, I'm going to go with the feeding of the 5,000. Oh, that's a great one. I, if you've never heard that and you're listening to this podcast, you're in for a doozy. This is a great one. So listen, when we come back, uh, Megan is going to read you the story of feeding the 5,000. And we will be back in a little bit. <laughs> Hey, we're back. And as we stated before the break, Megan is about to read the story of Jesus feeding the 5,000. And so um, if you're looking in your Bible right now, what you're going to look to is John 6, uh, starting in verse 1. We made it easy for you, starting the very first verse of the chapter. And so uh, John 6, 1 through 15. So Megan, take it away. Jesus feeds the 5,000. Awesome. So sometime after this, Jesus crossed to the far shore of the Sea of Galilee, that is the Sea of Tiberias, and a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the signs he had performed uh, by healing the sick. Then Jesus went up on a mountainside and sat down with his disciples. The Jewish Passover festival was near. When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked this only to test him, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. Philip answered him, it would take almost a year's wages to buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here is a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. But how, f- uh, but how far will they go among so many? Jesus said, have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place, and they sat down. About 5,000 men were there. Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. Uh, when they had all had enough to eat, he said to the, to the disciples, Gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled twelve basketfuls with the pieces of the five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. After the people saw the sign Jesus performed, they began to say, Surely this is the prophet who is, who is to come into the world. Jesus, knowing what they intended, knowing that they intended to come and make him king by force, withdrew again to a mountain by himself. Man, that story is so cool. I I feel like that can never be boring because uh, there's so many parts in here that I'm like, as we're reading to it, I'm like, man, I can't wait to dissect into this <laughs> passage. Uh, okay, so what we do now is we're going to take our, uh, when this is being recorded, it's 2021. Uh, we're going to take our 2021 eyes, brain, thought process. So all the Midwest in you, Megan, is going to get transformed <laughs> into these characters. And so we're going to zap ourselves uh, let's see here right away. I think verse two, it says that the great crowd of people followed him, um, because they saw the signs he had performed by healing the sick. Okay. So we are the crowd, right? So we're right. basically just a bunch of followers because mm-hmm. Jesus is doing cool things. Uh, <laughs> and I want to say I would do that. Like I'm basically a circus freak show, uh, where I'm just going to go from town to town <laughs> because I'm like, I can't get enough cool things that are taking place. Right. Maybe it impacted me. Maybe it impacted my friend, my family member, whomever. But what would you think? Like if you were those people that if you were the person that just saw all these crazy things that Jesus was doing, like what would you do? Would you follow him? Would you like be like, that was cool. And then you go back to your ways of life. Like what would you do in that case? Yeah, I feel like 
I'm kind of in the same boat where I would like definitely follow them. Um, I feel like, okay, if it's like the first time that something happened, right. I'd be like, okay, whatever, like something yeah. cool and it kind of go back to my own ways. But yeah, like yeah. if this is something that's continually happening and I'm continually seeing these crazy things happen, I would definitely, I feel like it's like the the latest social media person where everyone just right. jumps on the bandwagon and whenever they show up in their town, like there's billions of people that show yeah. up. It's kind of like the same situation. That's true. That's a great point. This was all pre-social media, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. That, that is true. Like, um, you know, you see famous actors and uh, athletes and all these people with high social media mm-hmm. influence. They say they're going to be somewhere like that's where the people go because right. they know that that one person is. Now you have someone who's, not just to get a selfie with you're like he's healing people he's raising people from the dead mm-hmm. he's casting out demons like this is nuts i'd almost actually be fearful of it like almost I, if yeah. you think about it that way you're like wh- instead of being like what's gonna happen you're like what is gonna happen and right. like i don't want to get a demon that just went from one person into me like i'm staying far away <laughs> i'd be like bilbo baggins pre-trip where he's like don't touch me i'm in my hobbit hole and i don't want any i don't want to go anywhere right, i don't want yeah. any adventures this is this is nuts um okay so so we have this crowd that's following him right mm-hmm. and i love that that the author identified a problem they're like there's so many people here uh and jesus saw the great crowd coming towards him and the first thing he talks about and this is how i know i think jesus and i would have gotten along the first thing that he says is how are we going to feed him? And I'm wondering when he talked to Philip, you know, uh, no, he, and he doesn't give like, I feel like Jesus does this one thing where he's like, I'm going to say one thing, but I'm going to mean another thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but he does say, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? So it's not, it's probably not um, maybe a different translation, but uh, I love that he asked Philip that question. He was like, and so f- let's put our eyes in Philip. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now Jesus has seen these people and then he looks to us and he goes, uh, where should we buy bread for people to eat? Uh, and then it says that he asked, he answered this to test him for mm-hmm. he already knew what was going to happen. I think I would fail every single time. If Jesus was testing me, I would fail all the time. Absolutely. <laughs> 1000%. Yeah. And I would be like, it's a great question, Jesus. I don't know where we're going to get the bread. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, uh, I mean, you ju- you're just a healer, you know, you're just a demon caster. You, you ain't a baker like that's, <laughs> you know? Um, and so, you know, Philip gives a good answer. He goes, it would take more than a ye- half a year's wages mm-hmm. to buy enough bread for one person to have a bite. Right. Not even like, you know, a happy meal or a full adult size meal, but a bite. A half a year's wages. For one person. For one person. Yeah, for one person. And so, man, I think I would have the same mindset as Philip. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, yeah, God, I have no idea. Mm-hmm. What like, what would you be thinking if you were Philip in that in that moment where Jesus is like, where are we going to buy bread? Yeah, I think it's interesting too, like, because Peter, right, he's a disciple following Jesus. And yeah. so he's seen these miracles happen, but yeah, he's still questioning in the moment of like, how is this going to happen? I right. have no idea. Right. Um, what in the world? Yeah. Uh, I definitely think I'm in the same boat where Peter, like so many of us, how many times we find ourselves uh, no right? Idea. So, <laughs> oh, I, know. I would thousand percent be in the same boat as Peter of just yeah, great, um, sure, this yeah, no, I have no, <laughs> I have no idea. Literally yeah. a loss for words. I have no idea. Oh, I know. 
And and even looking at it, you think of some of the stories like he just did the whole issue with healing someone in the pool. He just talked to the Samaritan woman. He, you know, uh, disciples were rejoining Jesus. Uh, Samaritans were coming uh, to a relationship with him. Mm-hmm. And if you know, if you know any history of Samaria and, and Jewish people, like that's a miracle in itself. He heals the official son. Like you have all these things like you were saying. Mm-hmm. And still, I would... I think, and so I think what I would have a problem with, and it looks like Philip's doing the same thing. I don't reflect on what has already happened. And I think we've identified that a little bit before. I would not be able, or I wouldn't be good to reflect what has happened Mm -hmm. to expel my faith further. I would be like, see the need and be like, yeah, I have no idea. Right. Like I, I've, I, I left everything to follow you, Jesus. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't have a salary anymore. Like I'm following you in this, in this whole thing. And so, uh, that would be me. I would be so focused on the issue right in my face. And I wouldn't take time to be like, Oh, wait a minute. He's the one who, you know, saved the Samaritan woman. And he's the one who healed the officer's son. He probably could provide us a meal, right? you know, and have that type of faith. Uh, and I, and so, yeah, it's interesting because uh, that that's probably exactly I I lost my train of thought, but that's exactly <laughs> what I would be thinking. I just I can't look back on those type of things. So, what about you? Like, are you someone who focuses on the issue in hand? Are you able to look, ref, like reflect to move forward, or what kind of thought? I think would it kind of depends on the situation. Um, there's definitely moments where I'm like in the moment, and it's like heat of the moment, and it's like you just forget everything else. You're just kind of there. Um, and then you're just in that moment. You can't think of anything else. Right. But then there's other moments where it's like maybe a little less intense and you can then reflect back and like, okay, yeah. this has happened before. Like I've done this or whatever. And then be able to move on from there. Um, I feel like uh, the disciples are almost in this position of like they're just sitting there like powerless, just like yeah. whatever you say, I'll do it kind yeah, of thing. Exactly. Versus like have it, they have no desire to do anything themselves versus like I'm just going to yes. sit there powerless and like whatever you say, I'm going to do it. Like th- we – we would say if we were them, we'd almost be glorified yes men, yeah, and not in like a way where we're a pansy, maybe. Uh, but <laughs> um, but we've seen what he can do, and we haven't uh, understood that we need to get up and start doing stuff ourselves. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like we have lost the ability to problem solve uh, in that moment. I was also thinking about, uh, you know, there's times like you were saying where we can reflect. Mm-hmm. And process and go. And I would think if these people like uh, had any sort of, um, you know, Jewish tradition of the law and all this stuff, you know, altars were such a big deal uh, where they could go back and remember what God had done. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like there's no way for you to have the time, at least how the scriptures are are talked about and divided and, and written down. It feels like there's not enough time to have altar building moments for you to be like, oh, man, Jesus just did this and this, 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 this. Yeah, of course he can feed all of these crowds. Right, because, yeah. Because, uh, you know, look at all these altars that we built of all the remembrances. And so I don't even know if that's a word, rem- remembrances. <laughs> I don't think now. it is. It is now. It's recorded in a podcast. And so, uh, yeah, and I love even too, let's see this, Andrew, uh, Simon Peter's brother. Uh, I love even too that they said they had to mention Peter. <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't just say Andrew. Mm-hmm. Uh, it had to be uh, Simon Peter's brother. Spoke up. He goes, "Hey, here's a boy with five. Uh, here's five pieces of bread and two small fish." And then he goes, 
but how far is that going to go? <laughs> right, right? right. I would almost, if I were Andrew, I would be like, kid, what do you got? I got five pieces of bread and two fish. Get out of here. Like, right. I would just, I wouldn't even have brought him to Jesus. Right. He would not have even gotten past the vibe, like the, the velvet ropes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would have been like, <laughs> get out of here with your happy meal. Like, it's a good try. Enjoy because no one else has food. So you treasure this, you cute little kid. Uh, and I wouldn't even have let him get to Jesus. Yeah. You know, think about that. What about you? Like, if you saw someone come to you, like, I, I don't, yeah, let's just use this problem right here. You know, you're the person you're following, right? Uh, that you know and believe wholeheartedly is the Messiah. Messiahs deal with big issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone easily could just say, hey, we should go home. Like, we're hungry. We're more hungry for food than we are to see Jesus do some things. I'm an adult. I'm just going to leave. Right. Right. And so now this boy comes to you and says, I have this. Mm-hmm. How would you have reacted with that? Um, as someone in the crowd for that situation, I'd probably, I'm honestly, I'd probably bop like, yeah. see ya. Yeah, yeah. Like this isn't, there's no way. And they're like, okay, they're in a remote place. So it's like not that easy to get food anyways. Right. And there, there's what, there's 5,000 men of them. And so yeah. all of, all these people trying to flood to one place to get this food. It's like, I would have been probably one of the first people to bop because yeah. I'm like, I'm going to get the food before everyone else gets exactly. there. Exactly. Be like, I'm going to get home by the, before the market closes right. so that I can at least prepare some dinner. Uh, and for those of you that aren't familiar with, uh, you know, scripture historically, uh, this isn't against the ladies and the children, but they weren't a part of the count. Mm-hmm. So the reason that the Bible says 5,000 men is it really was probably, you know, 15,000 yeah. plus because including you know, the women and children as well. Uh, and so, Hey, what we're going to do real quick, we're going to take a break. And when we come back from the break, I want to talk about, uh, the boy. I want to take a brief moment to emphasize on the boy. Uh, and then I want to go back to the crowd. Uh, so we're going to talk about the boy and the crowd and then, and then we're going to finish off this passage. And so, uh, so we're going to, again, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, but I would say in this break, get your, Get your child hat on and think, what would you do if you were the kid in this story? All right, we are back. And like I said before the break, we are now going to take this story and we're going to put our eyes as we were the child offering our Happy Meal. Um, Okay, so... We're at this ginormous crowd. I don't do, – do you know any sort of, um, you know, background how old this kid is by any chance? Like any of your studies or college classes? I don't think offhand. I feel like the number six is coming to mind. Like six he's years like old? Some like young, young. Yeah. I mean I'm thinking of – so I have a seven-year-old son. So let's put it that way. Again, if you're listening to this, there's zero theological reasoning behind why, but seven is a better number than six biblically. So we're going to (laughs) say, we're going to say he was seven. Yeah, I know. Uh, Way to go. You're not starting your youth ministry career off well. (laughs) So, all right. So he's seven and maybe with his mom and dad, uh, we don't know if he has siblings or not. Let's just say, let's say he, okay. I've got this. This is going to make it a little bit better. Let's say he's a family of six. All right. So he's got five brothers and sisters. Uh, do you have any siblings? I have one younger sister. Okay. You have a younger sister. I have an older brother. 
Um, we haven't probably learned how to fight for food because we just had uh, an older or a younger sibling. So we each have one. But I've heard stories of when you have multiple kids and dinner or any mealtime comes that there's like a fight to make sure that you get a you get the food. So I'm going to imagine he's like the middle child All right. <laughs> of a family of, of five other siblings. And so food is scarce always, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so so this kid has, what is it, five loaves of bread? Is it five pieces, right? Is yeah. it five pieces or five loaves? Um, it says where is five small barley loaves. Okay, five small, small barley loaves. Uh, and then, so I'm going to look at it like a, a nice dinner roll, right? Yeah, so you have a yeah. nice, five nice dinner rolls, maybe some honey butter. Uh, probably not. Uh, <laughs> it, it's glorious enough where it should be mentioned. But, um, and then two pieces of fish. Uh, and so if I were the seven-year-old, I don't know about you, Megan, but I would not have shared my food. Absolutely not. Like I, um, I would be like suckers. You know, good thing I brought my lunch, you know. I'm the only one that can think in this entire group of 5,000 people. Exactly. Exactly. Like, and and I would say, man, like, what are they doing that they're, sure, Jesus is coming, but pack a snack. Like, you know. Also, if, okay, if this is a family, why is this one boy, like, the only one that, why is the parents not, why does no one else in his family have food? Why is he the only one that has food? That's a great question. I Well, you wonder, is he, like, the family treasurer of snacks? Like, that might be, maybe he's the hoarder of snacks. He just shoved it in his pockets because he knew he was going to get hungry. And That's true. no one true. else brought food. He knew. Maybe, have, I know in our family, we, unless if it's road trips, uh, we don't allow food in the car because, like, my, my kids aren't the cleanest eaters <laughs> when it comes to eating. Um, but I wonder if he, like you said, he hid the snack because maybe they needed to have it consumed prior to arriving uh, to arriving to see Jesus. I don't know. Maybe there's some weird family rule they had. And he like, you know, he, he snuck some food in kind of like maybe he thought it was going to be a movie. You know, maybe he was uh, doing the original cargo shorts candy yeah, yeah, right. like trying to sneak yeah into the some movie hustling theaters. some candy absolutely maybe he was just trying to sneak in some loaves and fish like <laughs> to see jesus doing miracles uh but so all of a sudden the scripture said that he brought it up like or he went to was it phil andrew he went to andrew mm-hmm. um and and goes hey i've got this right first of all again and we both admitted he did a greater step than we would ever and that's yeah. sharing uh <laughs> <laughs> by far <laughs> um, and and so he goes here you know do do what you do what you can with this mm-hmm. and i love that because again he didn't look at the limitations of you know there were 15,000 plus people there right. um he just said hey um i i believe that this jesus can use this mm-hmm and uh and that was that's that's mind blowing and i love the fact of how the kid thought and again we've already established i don't know if i would have maybe i would have had a a barley loaf and a half mm-hmm. you know given him three and a half loaves and half and a fish and a half like give a little for me and then everything else i can give you uh what are your what do you think about it when you you're just thinking about how the kid uh handled that situation i yeah that kid is first of all i feel like the kid is way more mature than we give him credit yes, for, for a seven-year-old like being willing to just give up his food like that 
in the midst of everything else. But right. yeah, just like you said, like the the fact that this kid had more faith that they would be able to do whatever, like even if it just said what, like one person got, five people got a loaf and two, like seven people total. Yeah. The fact that he was just willing to give up the food for seven people in the midst of everyone. Like, it's I love just the innocence of the child that's like, here, yeah, I have this. Like, you're looking yeah. for this is exactly what I have. Like, right. even if it has nothing, like, it's the most pointless thing we'd see. Yeah. But the kid's just, like, in his innocence, like, oh, yeah, here you go. Like, this will work. Absolutely. And maybe if we were the kid, like, let's, I guess let's give ourselves a little more credit. Uh, maybe if we were the kids, we would have that, you know, and I don't mean to coin this in it, but, like, childlike faith. Yeah. And it's interesting that, that that's a phrase because this is a clear statement of that plain uh, into fruition mm-hmm. of I don't care if it's one piece of fish and half a loaf. If mm-hmm. that's all I have, that's all I'm going to give. Right. And again, now going back to it, man, if I were Andrew or, or Philip, and if I saw a little kid have everything and given it to Jesus, that that's the altar moment right. of, you know, if we're looking for an altar moment, that's the altar moment being like, I gave my everything mm-hmm. and look all that Jesus has done. Right. Maybe not even through me, but just look what all Jesus has done. And it would give me that, oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I wonder if that's what happened with, with Andrew, um, where he had that moment of the kid coming to him, you know, maybe he was at the velvet ropes of, you know, Jesus's (laughs) stuff, which is so against what Jesus would have done. So I'm, that's a joke for people who are listening to this. Um, (laughs) I feel like I needed to say that. Uh, and Andrew had that like, Oh yeah. Like he's doing exactly what we did with his food. He's got to come and see Jesus. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, having that aha moment. Um, and so, yeah, this this kid is MVP uh, right now, and so so th- so he takes it, and then Jesus then uh, where we at? Je- Jesus had um, had it. He took it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he took it, and then all of a sudden, he he gives thanks, right? And yep. then he distributes it to those who were seated um, as much as they wanted. It was a massive buffet of fish and bread. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is crazy. And then, so now let's put our eyes on the crowd. We're back on the crowd. We started with the crowd. Now we're back on the crowd. All right. So we're sitting, we're, we're following Jesus. Now we're in this giant grass filled area. I think that's what it said. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there was plenty of grass in that place, which is great. <laughs> Cause I don't like to sit on rocks. Uh, and all of a sudden he, I look on the crowd and I see a little boy, talking with Jesus with a teeny weeny basket Mm -hmm. and then Jesus then taking the basket, taking a piece of bread, pointing it to the sky, breaking it, putting it back in the basket, doing the same thing with fish, breaking it. And I'm like, we're not going to be eating today. You know, uh, the people in the back, the back, back. Oh yeah. They're like, should have packed a lunch, you know, you know, shoot. I knew I should have brought that peanut butter and jelly. Uh, and, but then the food gets to us Mm -hmm. and it's not just, you know, five. Yeah. It's not just 10 pieces of bread because he broke it in half or four pieces of fish. It's as much as I want. Mm -hmm. Like, here's a real question. What would the basket have looked like? Would it look overflowing 
Or would it look like the piece is broken, but somehow when I grabbed what I wanted, it just like and it came back again. You know, that's another yeah. thing I just I'm thinking about is like, what did the basket look like? Right. <laughs> and that's what I want to know. That's like, they did, like, give me more details, John. I want to know uh, what the basket looked like. Was it overflowing? Like when Peter pulled the nets up? Right. Yeah. Uh, where it looks like it's busting the seams or did it just look like the basket in its original uh, in its original amount and it just kept multiplying itself when it like, got to different people? I feel people. like it would have been a small one. It just kept like multiplying. Yeah. Because like, then if it's like just overflowing as you're a person seeing it, like, oh, there's plenty for me versus like seeing the miracle like in the moment. Yeah. It's there's no food, but yet I have all the food that I want. Right. You wonder if people were hesitant of grabbing food because they only saw what was in the basket then. Because I wonder then if it's like, because I think about even Old Testament of manna Mm -hmm. and God told Moses not to tell people, um, don't take more than what they need, but just what they need. Right. And so I wonder then now think about this for the crowd, you know, the 15,000 plus of us, that was faith moments Mm -hmm. where we just only took what we need, you know. Uh, I was, I'm going to confess, I was a chubby fat kid <laughs> in, in uh, elementary school and middle school. Uh, and I probably would have not just taken what I needed. I would have taken what I wanted. Right. Maybe a little snack the for the road. came back. Exactly. Yeah. And that's, and, and then historically, that's when I created cargo shorts and became a billionaire. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, but. I think in a, in a different, because this, so. I mean, outside of the resurrection, this is the only story in all four Gospels. That's um, true. I And I think in a different account, it says that the disciples were giving out the the bread. Yeah. It wasn't like Jesus could have obviously in a moment just like, boom, you got the yeah, food in a meal. But like, I think in a different, like he gave the bread back to the disciples and the disciples are distributing it. Yeah. So like, are the people necessarily grabbing, like seeing and like, oh, I'm just going to take or like the disciples just giving as much as oh, they feel like point. for each person. Yeah. yeah. And that's interesting. And so then again, too, like we talked about earlier. Uh, with, I think it was Philip, um, we're now having action to our, you know, faith. We're not just being glorified. Yes, people, but we are actually doing something. Mm-hmm. We're providing it. I, again, I would be like the, Oh, I'm so sorry. This is all that we have. Right. Like that's how I would be looking at it. If I were Philip and the disciples be like, I'm so sorry. I wish I could be giving you more. But then all of a sudden we get to the end of the crowd and we're like, everyone's got enough. And there's 12 baskets full. And there's full. 12 baskets full. Like, what? Mm-hmm. There are leftovers. And so... Where the other baskets come from? That's a great question. <laughs> where did the other baskets come from? There's probably not a home goods where they were. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Well, that's a good question. Someone's got to Google, like, were there home goods uh, <laughs> by the Sea of Galilee? Them. That's the real question. Because if there were home goods, that's where for sure they got the baskets. <laughs> um, shameless plug. Uh, but... Yeah, it, where did the baskets come from? Where did the extra and then and then the where did the extra go to? Mm-hmm. Does it say in there? I don't know. Like I don't think it does. All of a sudden, they just talk about they had all had enough to eat. Yeah, and then Jesus said to disciples, "Gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted." Mm-hmm. Uh, I wonder then if he went into ministry mode and like went into the towns. Again, we don't know this, but I'm wondering if he used that almost as like Meals on Wheels ministry. Uh, and well, started, it says Jesus went and withdrew right afterwards. So, he, well, he went and withdrew that's right true. after. The people could have, yeah, he could have sent the disciples or someone. Yeah, 
Um, and spoiler alert, this is a totally different story because then you have that story. The next verse in 16, it says, when evening came then. So you had the mm-hmm. rest of the day. So I yeah. bet you he went off uh, to pray or, or to get alone. And then the disciples probably just distribute the rest of it. But but yeah, so this is a great story. And again, if you uh, want to read the story for yourself, it is found in John 6, 1 through 15. I would encourage you to read this story. And if you have any questions about this uh, that you want to talk about more, maybe a, a question popped up that we didn't discuss, I would love for you to email me at uh, Matthew, M-A-T-T-H-E-W, Nylon, N-Y-L-I-N, at gmail.com and be able to begin that dialogue and that conversation. And so, uh, Megan, thank you so much for for being on this uh, podcast. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, this was a great story, and I'm, I'm so thankful that you brought this story to light. And I hope that as people have listened to this, again, we don't look at ourselves as always the hero, mm-hmm. but understand that there is humanity in these stories and that people did have conflicts and they did have uh, faith-pushing uh, processes that needed to take place. Right. And so uh, do you have a final word that you want to say uh, by any chance? If not... That's totally cool, but I want to give you an opportunity. No, yeah, I just think it's cool. Like, I mean, you you even said it before, but just the the faith of the 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 kid, just to like, hey, yeah. th- I, this is all I got, but like, I'm just gonna go for it. Yeah, I feel like that's so often. I mean, even just in our culture today, like so yeah. often, you, we just like we recognize the little that we have and we just hold it back. Mm-hmm. But like, even we see in this story, like how much Jesus can do with just that little bit. Yeah, and so that's just like blows my mind, like the little faith that this boy can have, and like how much with our littleness can like God do with that. Exactly. Well, there's a reason that Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is like a child. Mm -hmm. And so if you want to know more about how to have Christ-like faith and childlike faith, I'll tell you what, look at kids, look at the way that they love each other, forgive each other quickly, and then move on uh, because it's a beautiful thing. And so thank you for taking the time and listening to the WWID podcast. My name is Matt Nyland, and we will see you next time.